The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about forgiveness, and I've been reading this really wonderful book called Father Forgive Them, The Four Laws of Forgiveness, Memories of Survival During World War II in Nazi Germany. And this is by Rosemarie Reinhard Musso. And she happens to be an attorney that does family law and helps with the children and does mediation as well. So, But she's coming to us all the way from Alabama this morning. And we're thrilled to have her. But let me tell you a little bit about her past and what brought her to this forgiveness Rosemarie was born and raised during World War II in Germany and witnessed firsthand the atrocities and tragedies of the Third Reich during Hitler's reign. Although she was a child, she had preserved and recorded her vivid, razor-sharp memories in the family and what she went through in this wonderful book. It's like a memoir, Father, Forgive Them, The Four Laws of Forgiveness. Her father was a dentist, and he had practiced in their home, and they lived in a village of, I want to make sure I pronounce this correctly, Sturbfritz in Hessen, Germany, located in the idyllic and serene southern mountains of Germany, close to Bavaria. And the slave labor workers, the POWs, prisoners of war, and Jews from West and Eastern Europe countries, Belgium and France, worked there. And According to the regulations, a coal, mine, uh, a coal mine administration close to her village brought the slave workers who had serious dental problems to her father, who was a dentist, Richard Reinhardt's office, which was located in their family home. And the book tells about some of the horrible things that she had to witness. So we're going to talk about this now with our wonderful guest, Rosemarie. And thank you for joining us this morning, Rosemarie. Thank you for having me. Well, I've been reading your book, and oh my goodness, as a little girl, that was a really terrible time. Can you tell us some of the struggles and pain you experienced growing up under Hitler? Yes, certainly. Um, I vividly remember these kind of memories ever uh, never leave you, actually. Um, I recall going through tremendous hunger. We were on food rations, and there was not enough food to go around, Um, and mostly fear of the Nazis coming in our home, searching our home 
for weapons. Um, they were watching my father because he was helping the Jews, and that was actually against the law. He was forbidden to give the Jews any kind of anesthetic. So in front of the Nazis, uh, my father showed apparent disdain for the Jews and looked at them and said, you nasty, dirty Jews, uh, get downstairs in my basement. I don't have room for you up here. Uh, having said that, um, the Nazis enjoyed my father talking to the Jews this way. And, however, once the Jews came into the basement after the Nazis would leave, my father went downstairs and had someone else as well uh, medicate the Jews and secretly feed them. And uh, for some reason, it was later when the Nazis found out what was happening in the Reinhardt cellar. Um, because of that, my father uh, received a visit from a official Nazi officer who handed him a summons to be executed in Danzig. Yeah, uh, I it, read that. Yeah, here he was. He was trying to help these people, the POWs and the Jewish people who were in the camps and, and in the coal mines, and, uh, and then they found out. How, do you, how did they find out? Did somebody, you know, snitch somebody, on them? Somebody told my father there must have been somebody among those who who were spying for the Nazis right. and um, told them what my father was really doing with the Jews and war prisoners in the basement. Mm. However, my father had a, and this is uh, God's provision, he had a patient who was a baroness. She was living with her husband, a baron, in a huge castle close by our village. She was very influential, and she happened to have a gum disease that my father was the only dentist in Germany she was able to help. He was able to help the baroness. Because of that, uh, she was very fa became a faithful friend of my family. Um, I remember her well. Um, when my father received the summons from the Nazi officer, he immediately took that summons, went to the castle, and showed it to the Baroness. When she saw the summons, she says, Oh, my goodness, Reinhard, you know what this means? He said, Yes, that will be the end of me and my family. Mm. He said, Can you help me? And the Baroness called right then a personal friend of hers who happened to be a high-ranking general at Hitler's headquarters mm. and asked him to please not execute the only dentist she has found in Germany to be able to help her with the gum disease she had. And God answered prayer. Yeah. He, within hours... This general issued orders from Berlin to Hanau not to execute my father. So then, after that, was he help? Was he still helping the Jews and those POWs? Help Jews, and then eventually, the Nazis uh, started watching him in his mm. practice. 
And it was uh, 1945 when, in February, when the Nazis decided to hang our whole family. Oh, my God. Um, the hanging was legally set in February and was supposed to be executed in March of 1945. On the day of our hanging, mm. uh, it so happened the American troops came into our village. And followers of my dad and some of his patients ran towards the troops and uh, appealed to them to come to our home and help us because the Nazis were about to hang our whole family. Oh, my God. How old were you then? I'm sorry? I said, how old were you then when that happened? I was about uh, close to six years old. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And it was so scary. Oh, my goodness, we were so scared because everybody was talking and they announced it on the radio that our (sighs) family was going to be hung. So we knew what was supposed to happen. Oh my gosh! And um, were you were you the baby? I can't remember. I was reading in your book. Were you the youngest, or yeah, I was the second youngest. Uh huh. Uh huh. But my little sister, uh, she was just a baby. Oh. Um, and my father, he was forbidden to go to church and the Nazis watched every step we made even as a family Mm. we totally lost our freedom we were forbidden to go to church and and sometimes my father would have the priest come in civilian clothes and have services in our dining room our living room Um, this was constantly every day was full of fear the screeching sirens a house passed a bomb passed over our house and landed in our backyard oh my gosh yeah and us eight children were in the basement in our home mm. and god protected all of us yeah um and then the american soldiers came the day that you were supposed to all be hanged right in the Patients um, went to the American soldiers and appealed to them to come to our home. They immediately came to our home with their tanks and armor, and the Nazis were scared when they came up our driveway, and they took off. Mm. Isn't that just like the enemy? Yeah. Thank God, right? That was a that was another God job. It was another miracle. <laughs> Right. If it had not been for the American troops, we would have been hung. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you? How did your whole family feel about Hitler? I mean, they had to. Everybody had to just obey what was going on. But what was what was going on behind the scenes? Was did you all hate him? Oh yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, when. I left Germany when I was 21. I still hated Hitler and God and my father. Because to me as a child, my father had to be strict, but you don't understand this as a child. So we never experienced any love at home, just rules. We were not allowed to speak too loud or laugh too loud or cry too loud. 
because we were constantly under surveillance oh by the Nazis. Goodness. Yeah. And yeah. anything could be a sign. And so we grew, I grew up under a lot of fear of the Nazis and Hitler. And I hated this man. And I compared my father to Hitler because he was had to be very strict. Mm-hmm. So after I came to the United States, um, I had a lot of anger and bitterness towards Hitler and my father. But then God um, arranged for me to finally go, and somebody invited me to church. And after about a year, it was a miracle that I got saved. Yes. So- and it was a radical conversion. <laughs> right. Well, uh, you know, they say that if you can't forgive, it's like taking poison and expecting the person that you hate to die, right? <laughs> so, except yeah. when you don't forgive. Right, right. When uh, you don't forgive, right. You're holding yourself captive. Right. You're right. like in prison yourself. You just don't realize it. Yeah, and it's once- like you're shackled to the past. Exactly. And that unforgiveness will just destroy you. Yes. Um, When God told me to forgive Hitler and my father, my first reaction was, although I was already saved, I said, God, you have to be kidding. Yeah. I said, do you know what this monster did? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, God led me through this, and he showed me the importance to forgive him. Not for his benefit or my right. father's benefit, yeah. but for my benefit. Now, when you were in, living in Germany, did you know that your father was helping? I know he had to, on the outside, make it look like, hey, those dirty Jews and, you know, bring... Right, I mean, right. but did you know what was going on behind the scenes? You were just a little girl. Did yes, you? Yeah. I, I know because... Um, Sometimes, you know, we would go downstairs and talk to the Jews, or I see the Jews when they come, and they look like walking skeletons. And my heart just went out to the Jews. It was horrifying. They told my father to just pull all their teeth out with no anesthetic. Right. And he secretly gave them anesthetic in the basement Mm. and medicated them. Um yeah, you talked about one where your um, your father had a garden with with vegetables, and right. this attorney who became a you know a a, right. a, a, a victim of the the Jewish uh, Holocaust there, that um, he asked if he could have a leak, and your dad said, "Take as much as you want and put in your pockets." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So even though he was strict, he had a big heart. Oh, he was awesome. The strictness was directed toward Hitler, and by being so strict, actually, he was saving our lives. Right, right. He was trying to protect his family right. by pr- pretending to um, to exactly. to do what he was supposed to do, what the Nazis wanted. Yes. Yeah, no. you know, like someone like your dad, and this this is the thing that that always makes people question someone like your dad who was really defying what the Nazis were doing was putting his own life and his children's life and his wife's life in danger. Um, Why isn't it that there were more people like that? They, 
a lot of people loved Hitler. That's hard to understand, especially the youth. Hitler mesmerized the youth, mm. and they were all hailing Hitler. Right. A lot of the adult people, even in our village, they loved Hitler. Mm. So when you stood up against Hitler... Um, it was like neighbor, you were against Germany or something, right? Because he was... Your neighbor would turn you in. You, you were... You could not, uh, we were not allowed to speak to anyone because it could be your best friend who would turn you over to the Nazis. Right, right. And turn you in. And my father had a special friend. He was a veterinarian. And both of them helped the Jews and um, families who were hungry and starving, and they secretly supplied them with uh food, especially um, there was a person in our village who was a peddler, and my father and that veterinarian actually peddled his uh, materials and uh, provided him with the money they received for this peddler mm. and helped him with food and money to just survive. Mm. It's it's probably hard for you to even think about oh, this past. So how is it that you decided to write this book? I mean, well, it, it's many years later, right? Yes, many years later. I um, uh, went to school after I came to the United States, including I was actually in full-time ministry for a while, had my own ministry. Oh. And um, one day God told me actually to go to law school. Mm. And by then I was 58. And I said, Lord, you've got to be kidding. Do you know how <laughs> old I am? You thought God <laughs> had a real sense of humor and all these things, huh? <laughs> You're not kidding. So I, um, of course, you know, God always wins. <laughs> I said, if I pass the entrance exam, I'll do it. So I passed the entrance exam, and then I said, well, let's see how the first semester goes, and if I pass, then I'll do it. <laughs> so I passed the semester. I had almost a 4.0. <laughs> God said, you see what I've got in mind here? <laughs> so um, I ended up <laughs> passing the bar even and uh, started practicing law. Of course, you know, God is using that uh, to minister to uh, people as well. Right, right. And I, and I know that you're helping children with guard, being a guardian ad litem, and you're also helping families. And, you know, one of the things I, I think about that in family law, we always have to talk about forgiveness, right? Because right. because you're very mad at your spouse, whether it's they've betrayed you with another man or another woman, or they've betrayed you in the relationship in some other way. But people are usually very hurt, and then hurt turns into anger, and right. then people have a lot of problems forgiving their ex-spouses. So yeah, forgiveness really uh, is a huge issue in family law. But I want to go back to your dad because I I read in your book that your dad was actually honored um, for his courage 
He, yes, he was, and he was declared by the Holocaust Museum, he was declared a righteous Gentile. Yes. It was a huge honor for yes. him. Yes, yes. Did he get to come to the United States too? No, he never did. Hmm. He stayed in Germany. He practiced dentistry until 85. Wow. And um, he lived to be 97. God bless him, right? Uh, and so did, Hitler never was able to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Where, now it was, uh, yeah, that was that was the good thing. <laughs> so um, did your brothers and sisters come to the United States too, or were you the only one? I, uh, my oldest sister came to the United States first, and then um, my older brother came, then I came, and I was married in Germany and came over here with my husband. And um, and you married an, an American soldier, which your father wasn't too happy about, right? <laughs> he was not happy at all, and I should have listened to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was not very happy after I came over here either. Oh, dear. I should have listened to my dad. <laughs> Yeah, but then, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? You were supposed to oh, be here, and then you were supposed to write this book. Yeah, I would not be doing what I'm doing now. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. so, um, so in terms of forgiveness, I think this is the lesson for you, is that you learned that you had to forgive. Can you talk about, for a few minutes, the four laws of forgiveness? Um. Yes, there are four laws, uh, and one that um, people really don't think about is the law of binding and losing. Um, when you don't forgive, and God uh, really showed me this, you actually restrict and bind that person uh, with your own judgment, so God will not deal with that person as long as you're in control over that person. You actually hold that other person captive. So God will not deal with him. But once you forgive that person from your own judgment and release that person for God to deal with him, then God can deal with that person. But as long as we are in judgment, as long as we don't forgive, God will not deal with that person, ever. Yeah, we're like chained to that person, exactly. you know? You know, and I remember um, my my husband's uh, mother was could never really forgive her husband for having an affair and leaving her, and um, she ended up dying of a heart attack. It was, you know, he moved on with his life, and he he was doing fine. You know, he was happy, but she was miserable. And so she was chained to that past and she caused her own pain that, you know, that, that did this to her. So like you said before, you said, we don't forgive for the other person. You didn't forgive for Hitler. You forgave for yourself so that you could be free, exactly. so that you could be happy, so that you could be, you know, uh, loving. Yeah. Exactly. And what God uh, showed me, and that was so important, because when we go by our feelings and we hold grudges, and the enemy uses this for us to not forgive, 
But actually, forgiveness is only an act of our will. You can forgive and still have bad feelings or memories about that person. Right. You can forgive, but you don't forget, right? Right. Um, As an act of your will, you release that person from your chains, so to speak. Right. And and set him free as if you held him as a prisoner. You set that person free and release him and turn him over to the Lord. Then God will deal with that person because then you have released him from your own judgment. Right. That is so important. And we can do it simply by an act of our will. Lord, I choose to forgive this person as an act of my will. And that's so simple. It's simple, yet it's hard, you it's know. It's hard because <laughs> of the grudges we have. And yeah, you have to be willing really, to let it go because sometimes people, I know that I go through this, and I know you do too, being a divorce attorney, <clears throat> is that you feel like if you forgive them, you're letting them off the hook, but you're really not. You're not right. letting them off the hook. You're just right. let you give. I love it. Like when you say you forgive, you give for yourself. You know, exactly. you give for yourself. Another law that you have in your book here is the law of sowing and reaping. It's like well, what comes around goes around. Yeah, and it's not only um, uh, for the present; it's also eternal. Because when you choose not to forgive, then this law comes into operation, then God will never forgive you either. And should you die in this state of mind with unforgiveness, then you cut yourself off from God. And yeah, you know... How important that is. Yeah, and you know, if you're angry, you're going to attract more anger into your life, right? Right. And and so that even on this plane, even thinking while we're on this planet, you know, in this lifetime, um, people who don't forgive are angry people. And they don't bring loving people into their life because they got this energy of anger, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's you, right. You have another law, and we only have a couple of minutes left. You have the law of... Um, Oh, you already talked about this, the binding and loosing. That was right. another law that, right. you, that, you, yeah, that you talked about. When you literally bind this person and hold him captive. Yeah, and he holds you captive or she. Yes, yes you right? are in Yeah, you are, you're stuck. you got like uh, just chains holding you to that person, and that's something you definitely don't want. That's then, right, so we have as an act of our will have to turn that person and say, Lord, you deal with him. Right. It's a God job, not my job. And then the last one you had was um, law of faith and righteousness, making choices. So what did you mean by that? Well, the law of faith is also law of love. Ah. God commands us to love each other, to love your neighbor. Right. I remember working with... uh, lady, goodness, that was years ago in a law firm when I was still a uh, legal secretary. And I hated that person. I asked God, uh, I did not ask God, to, I never could forgive her. Mm. And you know, one day God cursed me and made me forgive her. I asked her to either take me out or take her out 
but God did neither. And by working this out, uh, and then back then I wasn't even a Christian, but God arranged it so we were able to work together and became best of friends after that. That's a real healing, isn't it? Well, we are healing. Yeah, we're just out of time. This is a wonderful book. It's called Father, Forgive Them, The Four Laws of Forgiveness, Memories of Survival During World War II in Nazi Germany by Rosemarie Reinhard Musso. And uh, just give your website and it's time to go, okay? Thank you so much. It's fatherforgivethem.com. Wonderful. Will you stay in touch? And um, I'm blessing you and sending you good thoughts, too, for all the forgiveness that you've done and for all the good that your family did in Nazi Germany. So you take care, okay? Thank you so much. All right. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and